0: Hey, everybody, I just want to take a quick second to tell you about a service that is being provided by my sister, Brian's wife, but more importantly, my sister, Lee Rapier. Um, she is a personal stylist, helping women look and feel their best no matter their age, size, or shape for 14 plus years now. Her services include style sessions, personal shopping, and closet audits with an emphasis on jewelry and accessories. And again, that's 14 plus years of experience. She is a fashionista in every sense of the word. You can find her on Thumbtack or you can go to her Instagram, that's at Jewelry Lady Lee, or you can check out her Premier Designs website, that's premierdesigns.com slash Lee Rapier L-E-I-G-H r-a-p-i-e-r and check out what she can do for you i'm telling you you will be satisfied thank you guys enjoy the show sex. He is, but <laughs> <laughs> it like it was so random, <laughs> and there's no really spot for it. Not at all. But he just put it in there, man. Oh, man, he's getting it. Welcome to the Not Religious Podcast. I'm Blake. I am Brian. And this week, we're wrapping up the cult series. Wrapping it up. This is it, part six. We're done with part cults. six. For now.
1: We're wrapping it up for a Valentine's gift for you.
0: Yes. What better <laughs> what better to gift? present the man. the the most, uh, the most casualties yeah. with the cult, yeah, <laughs> this val- is it. you know, yeah. Valentine's Day. This
1: Wait. actually was the greatest loss of American life before nine eleven.
0: Yeah. Sad stuff. Yeah. Today, <laughs> we're talking about... Jonestown. Jonestown. Good old Jonestown. And what you heard at the beginning of this episode is actually the Jonestown Express Band. That's what they were called, baby. With the People's Temple Choir. Yeah. And uh, very, uh, for the time... Very grooving, man. Very grooving, modern. Would you consider them like maybe like a... uh, like, uh, for the time, like a mega church? Definitely. Kind of for what, uh, what it was? Definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, well, even when they were in California, and, and you know, I know we're going to get into Jim Jones here a little bit, but people, I mean, yeah, this was a cult, and he was a crazy man, and blah, 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 but he was widely, widely accepted by the evangelical church early on in his ministry, middle range of his ministry. I mean he was he was the fur tick and dem of the seventies.
0: Yeah. He, I, he he really was. I would agree. But before we get to Jonestown and what happened in Guyana and all that mess, um, like we mentioned, Valentine's Day. Oh. This is premiering on Valentine's Day. Do not do a shout out to my wife? To your wife. I won't do a shout-out to my wife. Oh, God. Okay? That's not what I'm doing here. Okay, good. Uh, I do have a very sweet love story that I want to read that I can't oh. – a, a news article I stumbled across today. Okay. And I thought it was very appropriate for the Valentine's episode. So, this is – we're recording or early, so it was Brian's idea so we can have quality time with our wives on Valentine's Day. Yes, that was my idea. That was your idea. So, you know, he had and, to push a little sure bit. And I'm sure
1: the people are believing that. I'm sure everyone <laughs> believes that that was my idea.
0: Well, this story that I stumbled across today, and it was uh, very touching and sweet. Okay, so with Valentine's right here, let's go ahead and hop into it. Woman says she's never felt happier after marrying Zombie Doll. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> zombie doll. Zombie doll. Okay. Twenty year old Felicity Cadlick. There has you tied- go, right there. There you go. Felicity. Has tied the knot with the love of her life, Kelly Rossi, a zombie doll, Felicity says, is thirty-seven. Uh, you know, I
1: support, you know, the age difference. Yeah, yeah. It's Love not-
0: has no no age. No age. Yeah. Love uh, has no age. The unusual nuptials took place in Tiverton, Rhode Island. And set Felicity back five hundred dollars, which cost, <laughs> which covered the cost of the outdoor venue, decorations, her wedding dress, and a suit for tomboy Kelly. Have you seen the pictures? I have seen you have? The creepy okay. picture. Okay. In attendance were four friends as well as eight other zombie dolls. At least inviting zombie dolls was designed to look to, uh, to look the undead keeps. Hold up! This article at least inviting dolls designed to look the undead keeps the buffet cost down. Yeah, that's there what you they're go. Got it. Uh, um,
1: I wonder who brought the other dolls. Like, did the
0: four friends? <sighs> is it a man. zombie doll club? That remain. That is a mystery that has not been solved yet. And I don't plan on solving. <laughs> Felicity, who lives in who now lives in Vanita, Oklahoma, says Kelly uh, with Kelly says that the marriage was has made her world complete. Uh, this is a quote from Kelly, um, or excuse me, with Felicity. Our wedding ceremony was beautiful and perfect, exactly the way I dreamed it would have been. Uh, I made sure that the whole wedding was done properly so it would be as official as a possible, and we even consummated the merit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly was the... Kelly was Um, the groom as she takes the male role in our relationship. She is a tomboy so she wore a suit. Um, I feel she was most comfortable as a groom. um, Um, (laughs) Despite having been in a relationship with Kelly for four years, um, getting married to her um, has made me feel so much closer to her, both emotionally and intimately. Felicity and Kelly first met after Felicity's late father bought the doll as a gift when she was just 13, and over the years... uh, the feelings grew.
1: Um, Um,
0: (laughs) she said, I found Kelly on a creepy doll collection website and my dad bought her for me when I was 13. So not only is it a zombie doll, it's a lesbian zombie, lesbian zombie dolls. Nice. It wasn't until I was 16 years old that I started to get feelings for her, but it was something that kept (laughs) that I kept trying to deny. No, I don't love you. I don't get away from me, doll. I don't have feelings for you. Yeah. I finally allowed myself to be open with who I was and let my feelings come out. And despite not everyone agreeing with my love life, I've never felt happier. Yeah. Um. It goes on to say that she waited until September. So this is this has been a few months.
1: Yeah, that is. And why is
0: why are we just why now are we thinking, just now yeah.
1: hearing about this?
0: Um, but waited until September, that's the same time as their birthday. So it was extra special.
1: Um, my favorite quote is a baby would really be a dream come true. It would complete our family.
0: <laughs> Question is, would that baby be a zombie or a regular human being? If you look at the pictures,
1: I don't know which, what it would be. I don't you don't know. No. All right. So I, I wish I, I – I can't wait until we do the um, video along with the podcast. Yes. Because there's one picture here that I want to show you. Let me screenshot it. And
0: – While you're doing that, I'll tell you my favorite quote okay. from this article. Um. I look past her bloody face, and I don't mind her not having a jaw. That's real love. <laughs> Man, if you could ever just look past someone's bloody face Yeah, and no so jaw. it looks yes.
1: like Rick. <laughs> Rick from The Walking it Dead does. is officiating the wedding. It does. Number one. How,
0: how great would that have been? Number two, what the is going yeah, oh, on back there? That must be the dolls. I think that that is the dolls. Okay. It's got to be. No, those people are standing up, but are they are they that's like the okay, so that's that's people in attendance just dressed up. Yes. oh boy, okay, listen, dude, I'm not one for judgment. Yeah, but <laughs> um, um, I first saw that whenever uh Caitlyn. DJ's girlfriend shared that, that That's that's where I, Facebook. I Yeah, okay. I
1: saw it on her Facebook So that's where I saw it
0: Gotcha Alright Well, yeah. there you go Happy Valentine's Happy Day, everyone Valentine's and Day That, that doesn't so put weird. you in the mood Get you, you know In a, the lovey-dovey spirit it, Nothing will Nothing will Yeah You're go, cold-hearted Go look that up If no you soul.
1: haven't looked it up It is just weird Yeah,
0: very strange Very strange Alright, well Let's go ahead and wrap up our cult series here, Brian. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We really do. This is a lot.
1: I've got a lot of ground. Yeah. You've got a lot of ground. Yeah. And uh,
0: wow. To to put it in perspective, I've been listening to the last podcast on the left's coverage of Jonestown. Okay. It was a five-part series they did just on Jonestown, Mm. and all the episodes were almost two hours long.
1: Yeah. I mean, we really could do... Probably seven or eight hour long episodes oh, yeah. just
0: on Jonestown, the whole backstory of Jim Jones like oh, yeah. how he became
1: yeah there's there's really three sections of the, uh, of the Jonestown story it's Jim Jones early days
0: selling monkeys door to door right yeah
1: because that's a thing it was all right um early day Jim Jones and then the um the on the scene in California Jim Jones and then uh Guyana Guyana yeah. Jim Jones
0: yeah absolutely
1: and All everything right. that goes in between that
0: yeah it's there's a lot of fill in the blanks uh, I mean, and, and what we'll do with this one there's a there's the official story of what happened in jonestown
1: there there's what has been released by authorities yeah so the government has you know their story their side of the story
0: yep and then the real story here's what really happened right alright and bear with me congested congested I've had two medicine balls from <laughs> hey, Starbucks you today. keep that to yourself <laughs> <laughs> those are just, look man
1: you look, do you it's my life it's your life marry zombie don't
0: <laughs> don't do that Uh, The People's Temple Agricultural Project, better known by its informal name, Jonestown, was a remote settlement established by the People's Temple, an American cult under the leadership of Reverend Jim Jones in North Guyana. It became internationally known when, on November 18th, 1978, a total of uh, 918 people died in the settlement at the nearby airstrip in Port Kaituma, right? Isn't that how you pronounce that? (laughs) Um, And at a temple-run building in Georgetown, Guyana's capital city. The name of the settlement became synonymous with the incidents at those lo- locations. In total, 909 individuals died in Jonestown, all but two o- from apparent cyanide poisoning, in an event termed revolutionary suicide by Jones and some members on an audio tape of the event and its a- and in prior discussions. All right, I'll stop you there. Stop me here.
1: Um, you said, what was the number
0: of in cyanide? Total, yeah. Uh, 918,
1: 918. How many died
0: of cyanide did you say? Oh, excuse me. 909, 909 yeah. total. And then you said something all but two, all but two from a cyanide poison. Yeah.
1: That's crap. Okay. No, I mean, it yeah. really is. Um, first of all, uh, the, the first official story that came out was that there was three to 400 dead. Yeah. From suicide. Um, the next number was right around 700, and then the next hunt, the the next number was, of
0: course, nearly a thousand,
1: nearly a thousand people. Now, the mistakes in the numbering was given the first excuse, you know, after the the official number came out, 900 some odd people. Um, they're like, Well, why in the world did you tell us, you know, 400 to begin with? Yeah, and they said, Oh, well. What happened was uh, the Guyana, uh military force that was here helping us, they can't count. They're illiterate. Oh, geez. That's so mean. It's, and freaking racist. Yes, it is. You know? Why would you say that? All right, that? so after that blew up in their face, <laughs> the next excuse was, oh, we forgot to look out back. We forgot to look behind the building where there was 500 dead people. We forgot about that.
0: Like some trash that you happen to skip over.
1: Right. And, you know, let's let's just say the average human being down there at Jonestown was five six. Yeah. Okay. Five feet times 500. And that's a, it's lot, a lot of
0: ground that's to a cover. a lot
1: of ground to cover. Yeah. That's a lot of ground. How do you look over that? Right. So after that blew up Maybe in the face. Maybe don't cut the lawn? No, (laughs) no, if you look at the pictures, I mean,
0: the aerial view,
1: how do you miss the back? Yeah. Okay, so, and then the last excuse, and this is the excuse that um, they've clung to, is, so of the 400 people that they reported, oh, we only found 400, they were in groups, kind of, and when they fell, they fell Uh. on top of other people. Now, I don't know about you, and I know you self-admittedly, you know, don't like math.
0: No, not at all.
1: But the math here doesn't add up because you're telling me 400 people are covering up 500 people.
0: Yeah, I'm no math whiz. Uh, um, th-
1: those must have been some severely obese people. <laughs> yeah. The 400 on top. and Only I can, the
0: 400 on top were large people. And I can guarantee you this, the way that Jim Jones ran that thing, They were not. They were definitely not obese people.
1: So there you go with the numbers. Um, And then you said two died of, only all but two died of cyanide. Well, I don't know how they can say that because no official autopsies were ever conducted. Yeah. Um, So I'm not sure how they explain that, nor how they explain the multiple bullet-riddled bodies. Yeah bullets uh, one body had 75 bullet holes
0: in them that's just unnecessary. well, well none why, of it's none of it's necessary right but, but why geez. shoot
1: someone 75 times if they're dead on the ground from cyanide uh, yeah It doesn't make any sense no. not to mention cyanide um, what it does to the body it like it has a, a very distinct uh, 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 effect on the body. So if someone's poisoned by cyanide, their body contorts. So it, it like withers in in like almost goes to a fetal position. Uh, like it, it's very contorted. None of the bodies.
0: They're all just flat. Flat. Yeah.
1: Face down and flat. Yeah. Yeah. So continue on,
0: man. Uh, the poisonings in Jonestown followed the murder of five others. Uh, by temple members at Port Katuma, including United States Congressman Leo Ryan, as an act uh, that Jones ordered. And if you remember from our Bagwan and Rajnishi's yes episode, Leo Ryan's daughter, daughter? Yep. was a member of the the
1: right, and um, a, and she was involved in a lot of the recruiting for the Rajneeshis. Yep.
0: Yeah, Uh Four other temple members committed murder suicide in Georgetown. Georgetown at Jones's command. While some refer to the events in Jonestown as mass suicide, many others, including Jonestown survivors, regard them as mass murder.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing. I don't understand. First of all, there's no autopsies. And the reason that there were no autopsies done there is they said, well, it's an apparent mass suicide. So we're not, we know the cause of death. But there were infants, there were children, who I'm sorry, but an infant isn't going to inject itself with, no. or a toddler isn't going to inject itself with cyanide. Mm-hmm. So therefore, someone had to do that. Yeah. So that, right away, is a murder. So, soon as that was discovered, it should have been a crime scene. Everything, and it, it should have started following protocols of of. It being a homicide. You know,
0: looking back at the time frame when this was done, and I don't, I, I'm not a policeman. I'm not a detective. I, I don't understand what that process is. But looking back on it and looking at that time, you know, the we didn't have the forensics like we do now. Sure. We didn't even have the manpower, I don't think, that we do now for discovering and really digging in and, Right. Doing the research on that type of stuff. Do you think that they looked at all that and was just like, nah, they all killed themselves? No. You don't think that?
1: No, because look at, look at um, I mean, just the crime statistics across the U.S. at the time. Look at the other mass killings, uh, the Manson murders. Yeah. I mean, look at that and the evidence and the forensics that they used to um, pin that on the Manson people. I mean, so it existed. And it's not like, first of all, these aren't uh, city cops out there. Th- these are government representation yeah. uh, out there. So the FBI was out there. And the FBI is not going to look at it and be like, eh.
0: You just get lazy with it.
1: Right. No, I mean, straight cover up.
0: Hmm. Man. As many as 70 people may have been injected with poison, and a third of the victims were minors. It resulted, like you said, the largest loss of, or largest single loss of American life in a deliberate act until right. September 11th. Until September 11th. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, the origins of the uh, People's Temple kind of get a, get a background for how they came to be. The People's Temple was formed in Indianapolis, Indiana in 1955. Though its roots and teachings shared more with the biblical church and Christian revival movements, uh, Than with Marxism, it supported uh, to practice what is called uh, ap- apostolic socialism. Excuse me. There you go. Um, in doing so, the temple preached that those who remained drugged with the opiate of religion had to be brought to enlightenment socialism. Yes. And if you need a definition on what socialism is, I'll be glad to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, socialism is a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the, mean, uh, that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole.
1: So socialism is more of a everyone is equal, everyone's treated equal, everyone does equal, everyone's charged equal, everything's equal
0: type deal. So not necessarily, uh, unless you're Jim Jones.
1: Unless you're Jim Jones.
0: Right. right. Okay. So Jones was criticized for his integ- integrationist views and then decided to move the temple to Redwood Valley, California in 1965. 1965. Sons of anarchy. <laughs> Redwood Valley. Yeah. The, <laughs> Um, During the 70s, other branches were opened around California but moved its headquarters to San Francisco. With the move to San Francisco um, came the increasing political involvement by the temple. After the group's participation proved instrumental in the mayoral election victory of George Moscone in 1975, Moscone appointed Jones as the chairman of the San Francisco Housing Authority Commission.
1: All right, so this is where we first start seeing a paper trail of Jones's name and CIA documents.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, there was a three million document dump that was that happened in in October. Um, it had documents from CIA, FBI, NSA. All these documents got dumped from um, being classified to now anyone can have access right to, to them. Um, and this is where we first start seeing where Jones and the CIA are um, connected. his, yeah. his buddy, uh, Dan Matrone, I, I believe it was it was his BFF. Um, he is the one that brought Jones to California. Mm-hmm. Um in California at this t- at this time the CIA was um the the CIA program Project Artichoke had just transitioned into Project MK Ultra. Oh <laughs> Yes. So throughout California, the CIA had n- numerous, numerous operations going on testing out their new mind control uh, experiments, uh, one of which is um, it was called Project uh, uh, Midnight Climax. And what this was <laughs> is it took um, they recruited prostitutes. Uh, gave them a house, and in the house, the house was wired with video cameras or two-way mirrors or things like that. The yeah. prostitutes would bring the Johns into the house, then dope them up with wh- whatever cocktail the CIA wanted them to do and try to, you know, uh, run experiments on them or have them do things or run them through a gamut of tex- tests Um to see how they would react to these mind-altering drugs. Um, That's just one of many of the operations. Another one involved um, the Black Panthers and the distribution of heroin and crack cocaine. Um, Same kind of thing, but what they would do is they would lace it with these mind-control drugs. A certain dealer would deal to these certain people. They would observe the certain people. So... The reason Jones was brought into California was his socialistic ideas, the socialism idea. Um, The CIA and the purpose of MKUltra was to try to control human beings. They wanted to be able to get a drug or get something that they could give to a human being, make the human being docile, And compliant to anything that they had to say or do. Um, So they start funding Jones. um, And this is where Jones starts building his congregations. This is where he starts with the housing authority, um, the low-income housing. Um, They start running... Uh, doping experiments through Jones's low-income housing, the things that he's responsible for. So this is where he first shows up on the scene yeah. Um, in CIA documents.
0: Right. And unlike many other figures who are considered cult leaders, Jones enjoyed public support and contact with some of the highest level politicians in the U.S. All right. So then comes the move to Guyana. And there's a lot in between that, too. Yeah. Like a ton. A ton of yeah, stuff happened there, in California a, before he
1: left. And in Brazil. I mean, there's a yeah. stint where he goes to Brazil yeah. and adopts like 150 orphans. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are sent over to uh, Guyana.
0: Yep. In the fall of 1973, after critical newspaper articles by Lester Kinsolving and the defection of eight Temple members, Jones and, and Temple attorney Jim Stone... Prepared an immediate action contingency plan for responding to a police or media crackdown. The plan listed various options, including fleeing to Canada, a eh? or to a Caribbean missionary post such as Barbados or Trinidad. Barbados. Barbados. For its Caribbean missionary post, the temple quickly chose Guyana, conducting research on its economy and extradition treaties with the U.S. and uh, with the U.S. In October 1973, the directors of the temple passed a resolution to establish an agricultural mission there. The temple chose Guyana because of its own socialistic politics, uh, which were moving further to the left during the selection process. The temple concluded that Guyana, an English-speaking socialist country with a predominantly indigenous population and a government including prominent black leaders, would afford black Temple members a peaceful place to live, according to the surviving members, they were promised a paradise in Guyana. But once they got there, it was it was a concentration total, total camp, total hell.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, what we what we know is the U.S. Embassy there, um, the U.S. Embassy f- flooded them with cash. Okay. Not that Jones needed the cash because all of his members handed over their assets to
0: him. Yeah, they're paying out.
1: Right. So what Jones did with this cash was he bought weapons. So he bought guns. And when they first got to Guyana, um, a lot of the temple members were unloading like crates and crates and crates. And they didn't know what what was in these crates. And soon to find out... um, It was over 1,500 automatic weapons that the U.S. government gave them. So I didn't realize the U.S. government, and this is, again, this is not conspiracy. Uh, This is fact. This is all backed up by paperwork and the freedom of information stuff that came out. I didn't know the U.S. government was in the business of arming churches in foreign countries, but I guess they were.
0: Who knew? Who knew that? Who'd have thought? Uh, so while these people are in Guyana, mm-hmm. they're thinking, listen, man, I'm going to go over here and... Paradise. Hang out. Yeah. Eat some oranges with the monkeys. And we're right. going to have a great time. <laughs> they get over there. Jim Jones works them. Constantly. Constantly. Bat-breaking work. Right. Um, Which is
1: again leads to this MK Ultra program that is now being run out of the jungle.
0: Yeah. And if you slipped up, he was all about some punishment, corporal punishment. Definitely. Yep, Uh he would bring them out in public for uh beatings and uh laughing at him the entire time right and getting other people to laugh and join in and start joking and things like that while they're getting butt whooped right you ever heard his laugh yeah like a chipmunk very yeah in fact I'm gonna play it
1: okay good (laughs)
0: <laughs> like a chipmunk, yeah, definitely like a chipmunk. But you know, and we laugh at that, but to these people, that was probably terrifying. Oh yeah, definitely. You know,
1: I could, um, I could, I could see that. Uh, another thing to note about this compound is it had a state-of-the-art medical facility. Um, there. Yeah, but what was weird is the living conditions and everything else was was crappy. Um, not only was the medical facility, and when I say state of art, state of the art, F- Fort Guyana, okay, yeah, um, it it was set up like a research lab, and after the authorities went down and <laughs> conducted what investigation they did, they obtained. Uh, uh, Hundred and some odd uh, file cabinets full of records and things. Uh, well, when those were released, the people of Guyana, the uh, excuse me, the people of Jonestown. Don't worry, this is my bomb.
0: That's your bomb going off. Yeah. On. Okay.
1: The the people of Jonestown <laughs> got daily checkups. Now, why on earth do you need daily checkups or daily stats or daily uh, observances? By doctors, so just another thing that le- lends itself to um, the CIA's involvement in in this mind control uh, gone wrong down
0: there, right. Um, Jones also issued spankings to adults. That's just humiliating humiliating. yeah, yeah. As, a, as a grown up, yeah. um and sometimes those beatings were so severe that medical attention was required. Which they had the facility. Yeah, they got it right there. Right there. Um, you remember the boxing matches? Yeah. that he would do. He
1: would have people. Yeah. Square so off.
0: again, that it, it. I think about Sons of Anarchy, okay. like the first episode yeah. where they just they have a boxing yeah ring right there at their uh, their yeah. headquarters or whatever. <laughs> so that's what I envision. just, but I also envision because it, it, he didn't care. He did I mean, it wasn't like a weigh in, and he puts you up against someone who. No is your perfect match. It's right. like this teenager is going to knock out this old lady because, right. you know, they both did something wrong.
1: Right. They both complained too much about it. And people the
0: are just loving it and eating it up, yeah. you know? So uh, psychological torture was another big part of the People's Temple punishments. There's one instance that involves Jim Jones placing a small bow constrictor on a woman with a terrible fear of snakes. <laughs> um, and in the clip that I heard... Mm-hmm. You can hear the audience laughing, yeah. And telling her to shut up and yeah. just and just you know, take it. Take it you know, yeah, just take it as it was, and they're just just laughing over and over again. And the woman is uh so scared that she can't even make out like sentences. Right. She's just like, I'm I'm so sorry. I won't do it again, I won't do it again. Yeah. And Jim Jones is like, Yeah, you won't do it again. Right. Um and he, he's really owning that I control these people. Right. I own you. Right. And you will listen to me. Right. And then like just a few minutes later in the same clip he's holding the snake and he's like, You know, these are beautiful creatures. And right. You know, I trust right. I trust these creatures more than I trust these people out here. And yada right. yada yada. With a lot
1: of expletives. Yeah, yeah, there
0: was a lot of ex- expletives in there. Um, before it got to the, the public beatings and the punishments and the the torture that right. he put these people through, uh, these people really believed in Jim Jones. They really yeah. Saw him do things. And they were like, this is amazing. Yeah. And,
1: you know, he was one of these, the first ones that, and it lended itself to the socialism part of it. But um, race integration, yeah. class integration. I mean, they saw him as, as a civil rights leader. They saw him a, a person of the people.
0: Honestly, and I don't want to compare the two. But how you would look at like a mega church and like a modern, definitely progressive church. Definitely. You, you look at this guy and you're like, he look, he's trying to bring us all together. Right.
1: Like I said, he was the furtic them yeah. of, of his time. Yeah. He was because, and, and that was one thing in the evangelical circle that, um, Kind of put him out in the forefront in in the early days. It was he was a, a guy to say you know it doesn't matter the color scheme or what what's going on or how much he had a you rainbow make. family. right or how much you how make. many kids did he have he adopted something like one hundred and forty kids yeah I, I mean it was he's probably got the Guinness record for that I, I'm sure of it
0: I know that in um, I read somewhere that in Indiana. He was, mm. him and his wife were the first couple to adopt yeah. uh, a black child. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're a follower of him, you see him doing all of these wonderful humanitarian things. Not to mention, the, you know, he, he, he did a stint as a faith healer. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, so he would, <laughs> he would, like, put chicken parts up his sleeve and get a person up there and, you know, oh, I removed this tumor from you, yeah. and it's like chicken guts or something. Yeah. You know, he had a following fr- from that. He did great and wondrous things, and he was a great speaker. I mean— Yeah, oh, and
0: he pulled you in.
1: He definitely—and of the times, he fit in. He was a very—if you listen to— um Activists during the time he mirrored MLK, he mirrored yeah. RFK, he right. mirrored these guys who spoke with with passion and 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 zeal. Yeah, I mean, he really pulled you in.
0: And there's a quote I have from someone who was a surviving Temple member. Um, and she said, "I thought he could heal because I saw healings, and um, I thought that they were real. He was a master of manipulation." But you saw him with his dark hair and sunglasses and the way that he spoke. He was just a great orator and it moved you and inspired you because he was so passionate and I was just so enthralled. Yeah. So, sucks you in. Sucks you ye in. Yeah. So, that that is how those people came to uh, worship Jim Jones. Right. Love Jim Jones. He was Jones. a rock star too. Believe to them. In yeah. him. Yeah. So, he sucks you in with. I, we're going to change the world. And then ships you out to Guyana. And destroys you. Right. And you can't leave. <laughs> you cannot leave.
1: Armed yeah. guards. You're done. In the jungle. Yep. In the middle of nowhere. Yep. I mean, you you can't go anywhere. Right. You could always talk to the... Um, if you wanted to, you could try to talk to the CIA agent that came and went by the name of um, Richard uh, Dwyer. Yeah. Um, But he was there... You know, supplying them with all of the drugs needed for the MK Ultra program. Yeah, he's not
0: going to do anything for them. Not him. at all. <laughs> uh, so, one practice that Jim Jones used to control his people and just to further uh, figure out who was going to follow him and who was going to, you know, who was weak and who was strong and who really believed in him and what he could get away with was these White Night rehearsals. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, Jones made frequent addresses to Temple members regarding Jonestown's safety, including statements that the CIA and other intelligence agencies were conspiring with capitalist pigs to destroy the settlement and harm its inhabitants. So, after their work, the Temple sometimes conducted what Jones referred to as white knights, and that's knights, N I G H Right, uh, not T-S. like Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, not right. those kind of knights. Right. During these events, Jones would sometimes give the Jonestown members four options. Number one. Attempt to flee the Soviet Union. Number two, commit revolutionary suicide. Number three, um, stay in Jonestown and fight the supported attackers. Or number four, flee into the jungle.
1: This is, again, just part of the narrative for the, for the mind control stuff. Yeah. Um, <sighs> trying to make these people as docile as possible... In the face of absolute uncertainty is basically what he was trying to do.
0: Yeah. And on at least two occasions during the white nights, after a revolutionary suicide vote was reached, a simulated mass suicide was rehearsed. The temple, uh, temple defector, Deborah Layton, described the event in an affidavit. Quote, everyone, including the children, was told to line up. As we passed through the line, we were given a small glass of red liquid to drink. We were told that the liquid contained poison and that we would die within 45 minutes. We all did as we were told. When the time came, we should have dropped dead. Uh, but Reverend Jones explained that the poison was not real and that we had just been through a loyalty test. He warned us that the time was not far off when it would become necessary for us to die by our own hands. End quote. Right. So he's running these drills, people not really knowing, uh, several occasions passing out the drinks, drinking them. Hey, you know, there, I think there was one time where they, they said that the, um, the production of grapes was a lot greater than what it had been during that year or whatever. So there was, yeah. there was a, an abundance of wine. So he's passing out wine to all these people. He's like, Oh hey, yeah, you, you've worked hard. Let's, let's, let's have some drinks tonight. And then he's like, you're present. <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> Guess what? You're going to drop dead in
1: 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, and, you know, this is where the term
0: don't drink the Kool Aid yeah. comes from. But it actually wasn't Kool Aid. No, it wasn't. Flavor Aid. Flavor Aid. Yeah. Now, I heard on some occasions, too, that at one point it actually was the Kool Aid. It was. But then. But ultimately, yeah. flavoring budget produce. cuts, you know, budget cuts. Yeah, <laughs> all right, couldn't afford the real stuff, not at all, not in Guyana. No, Leo Ryan plays a huge part in the story of Jim Jones and Jonestown and what happened. Let me give you a little bit about Leo. Tell me a little bit about Leo there, uh,
1: Congressman Ryan. I got you. Um,
0: so Congressman
1: Ryan, um, was public enemy number one to the CIA. He, um, he was trying to push through a bill, amendment to the bill, called the Hughes-Ryan Amendment. And what this would do was offer up complete and utter transparency through all government agencies to include the CIA's clandestine operations. So basically what it would, what it would do is as these operations would occur a year after there was no more, uh, active Intel, those, everything would become public record instead of now you wait 30 years to find out what happened, yeah. you know, um, And it gave the Congress voting ability to be able to vote whether or not these operations would occur instead of a direct line to the president. So that's what good old uh, Congressman Ryan was trying to push through leading up to his visit to Jonestown.
0: Well, Leah Ryan, who represented California's 11th congressional district, announced that he would visit Jonestown. Uh, Ryan was friends with the father of Bob Houston, a temple member, uh, temple member in California, whose mutilated body was found near train tracks on October fifth, nineteen seventy six, three days after a taped telephone conversation with Houston's ex-wife, in which leaving the temple was discussed. Wow, uh, that sounds like some Courtney Love. Yeah. Type stuff. I think she she was responsible for someone who died uh, by a train track. Anyway, when Ryan arrived in Guyana, they refused to allow him and his group access to Jonestown. However, by the morning of November 17th, they informed Jones that Ryan would likely leave for Jonestown that afternoon, regardless of his willingness.
1: Right. And with Ryan, you had some congressional aides and some journalists. Yep. So basically a news crew.
0: Yeah. He had a party of six that came to the airstrip. Uh or excuse me, I'm not a party suit. Ryan's party came to an ear, an airstrip at Port Kaituma, um, six miles from Jonestown, some hours later. Uh, because an aircraft seat because of aircraft seating limitations, only four of the concerned relatives were allowed to accompany the delegation on its flight to Jonestown. Only Ryan and three others were initially accepted into Jonestown, while the rest of Ryan's group was allowed in after sunset. Mm-hmm. That night they attended a musical reception in the pavilion I wonder if that video that I played at the very beginning might have been probably was that party that he went to because that was that was yeah like the uh, I think it said NBC News like in the in the description of the thing probably was Um, so while the party was received warmly, Jones said he felt uh, like a dying man. He ranted about government conspiracies and martyrdom as he decried attacks by the press and his enemies. It was later reported and verified by audio tapes. Um, that Jones had run rehearsals on how to convince Ryan's delegation that everyone was happy and in good spirits. So they're kind of tidying up. They're kind of fine-tuning some things to make it look like, oh, man, we're good. We're good. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. happy. We're we're making progress here.
1: Yeah, and at one point in one of the videotapes from the news uh, folks – Uh, Congressman Ryan even says, you know, I don't know what everyone's talking about in California, but it seems like everyone's happy here. And like the whole crowd erupts only to find out that Ryan was he had been handed like 13 notes. Oh, yeah.
0: He's getting past notes from people who are like,
1: get me out of here. This is horrible. Save me. All kinds of stuff.
0: And I'll tell you about the first two. So Vernon Gosney and Monica Bagby made the first move for um, defection that night. In the pavilion, Gosney mistook Harris for Ryan and passed him a notes, reading, Dear Congressman, Vernon Gosney and Monica Bagby, um, please help us get out of Jonestown. Yeah. And and another thing I read, too, they had people that were constantly, like, watching.
1: Oh, he, he had escorts. Right. So he had two or three guys walking with him at all times.
0: Right. And... So they're noticing that notes are getting passed. Right. like a bunch of little kids are like, "He passed a note."
1: Passed right, a that's note! exactly what happens. Yeah, you can hear it on the audio tapes.
0: Yep, it's crazy. Yep. So, fast forward a little bit mm-hmm. to the airstrip, mm-hmm. and this is uh, another thing that you can you can actually go on YouTube and watch a few minutes of it leading yeah. up to, and then shortly a little after. Yeah. Uh, Good.
1: I, I want to make note um, before the airstrip. Um, someone tried to kill Ryan as he was yeah. leaving the compound. Yep. Um, someone tried to stab him.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, it, it was a failed attempt. Yeah. And right when that happened, Ryan and his group, they weren't supposed to leave. Um, what they were doing is at, at that moment, they weren't supposed to leave. They were getting ready, making preparations to leave Jonestown. Someone comes up, tries to stab him. They get out of Dodge. Yeah. They scurry to the to the airstrip. They go back and tell Jones, Hey, they didn't kill him. You know, it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Um got chickened out.
0: Yeah. He 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 got up to Ryan and realized, My God, I'm about to kill this guy. I'm about to kill Congressman. Because he told me to. Right. <laughs> Old sunglasses over here told me to. Right and that
1: that order there's a memo that was dated um a week before Ryan's visit um there's a memo that that uh was dated with uh I mentioned his name earlier Dwyer
0: yeah Richard uh, Dwyer
1: was reporting back to CIA headquarters about Ryan's um potential visit and he said that um uh, that the, uh, oh, what did he call them? Uh, the, pl- the, the players in place were uh, ready to take any na- any action necessary for Ryan's visit. So basically what they're saying is we're, we're ready to kill Ryan. You know, we just need to go ahead. Yeah. He's our number one enemy. We got him coming to basically a, a mouse trap. You're coming to CIA land down in a different country. Homeboy was never going to make it out alive. Yeah, never.
0: Poor fella. Mm. While most of the Ryan delegation began to depart in a large dump truck, um, in the port uh, to the Port Katuma airstrip, Ryan and Dwyer stayed behind in Jonestown to process an additional, any additional defectors. Shortly before the dump truck left.
1: You mentioned his name right there, Dwyer. So Dwyer is with everyone right now. His cover um, there in country was he he worked for the U.S. Embassy. So that was his cover job or whatever. Dwyer's there. Dwyer's actually there all the way up until the airplane, and then he peels off about a minute before the shooting happens.
0: So, and then it goes on, um, to talk about, uh, his name was Don Ujara Sly, who tried to stab him, tried to stab him, kind of stabbed him, or like maybe like broke the skin a little bit because they said there was a, there was a mark, there was a mark, a little bit of blood, uh, but he couldn't quite do it. Right. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Dwyer, after that, Dwyer said, strongly suggested that the congressman leave, um, while he filed a criminal complaint.
1: Which never got filed.
0: Which never got filed. Uh, So Ryan did so, promising to return later to address the dispute. The truck departing to the airstrip had stopped after the passengers heard of the attack of Ryan uh, and took him as a passenger before continuing its journey towards the airstrip. The entourage had originally scheduled a 19-passenger Twin Otter um, from Guyana Airways to fly them back to Georgetown. Because of the defenders departing jo- uh, Jonestown, the group grew in number, and now an additional aircraft was required. And watching the video, there's tons of people that are Tons of people, Ton right. of them that's like, okay, I'm I'm gone. I'm, this is my chance. I'm right. getting out of here. Excuse me. Um, all right. So accordingly, the U.S. Embassy arranged for a second plane, a six-passenger Cessna.
1: And when we say the U.S. Embassy, Embassy we're referring to Dwyer here. Yeah. The plane never got ordered right. to move away.
0: When the entourage reached the airstrip between 4.30 and 4.45 p.m., the planes uh, had not appeared on schedule. Because they they never got ordered. They never got ordered, yeah. (laughs) The group had to wait until the aircraft landed at approximately 5.10 p.m. Now, this was
1: the original 19-passenger plane that that landed.
0: Yep. Then the boarding process began. Layton was a passenger on the Cessna. Which arrived
1: directly after. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, the first aircraft to set set up for takeoff. After the Cessna had taxied um, to the far end of the airstrip, he produced a handgun and started shooting at the passengers. He wounded Bagby and Gosney and tried to kill Dale Parks, who disarmed him. Meanwhile, some passengers had boarded the large Twin Otter, a tractor with a trailer attached, driven by members of the Temple's Red Red Brigade Security um, arrived at the airstrip and approached the otter. When the tractor got within appro- approximately thirty feet of the aircraft, um, at a time roughly concurrent with the shootings on the Cessna, the Red Brigade opened fire with shotguns, handguns, and rifles. Um, while at least two shooters circled the plane on foot, there were perhaps nine shooters who identify who are who uh, whose identities whose identities are not all certainly. I've got so much. Um, allergy medication in my system right now. (laughs) I can't even think.
1: (laughs) So that time that they were waiting for those planes? Yeah. Okay, so the planes were coming um, 20 minutes away. Yeah. So the next airstrip over was 20 minutes away where the planes were. Should never have taken five hours. There was nothing wrong with the planes. The call didn't come in until Dwyer got word that that tractor with the trailer behind it carrying the assassins broke down. Yeah. Yeah broke down and had to be fixed. So everyone should have died much earlier. The tractor breaks down. Five hours go by. Dewire then puts in the phone call for the planes to come. 20 minutes later, the planes come.
0: Jeez. Man. And like I said, you can find the video on YouTube. Yeah, of it's them disturbing. Doing it. So you see them boarding the plane, and you can see NBC... Um, correspondence kind of guiding people along and uh and then you know the video kind of cuts out and it cuts back though at the like it's like a a camera angle from the ground right so i'm guessing because i know a cameraman was killed while he was out there i'm guessing well
1: they all dropped their cameras and ran for cover right but that camera was still recording that
0: camera was recording yeah and you see guys sitting out there shooting yeah you know and it's it's Saturday. Sad, yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, all right, so Brown was killed along with Robinson and Harris. Uh, which, you, if you're wondering who those people are, one was a
1: cameraman, yeah. one was a uh, um, uh, cr- congressional uh, aide.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Brown was the cameraman. Yeah, uh, was killed along with Robinson and Harris, and Temple defender Patricia Parks in the few mi- uh, in the first few minutes of the shooting. Ryan was killed after being shot more than 20 times
1: shot him 20 times. Like I said, he was never meant to leave alive.
0: No. His fate was sealed. Definitely. Uh, Let's see. Jackie Spear, um, Sung, and Dwyer, Ryderman, and Anthony Katsaris were among the nine injured and around the Otter. After the shootings, the Cessna's pilot, along with the pilot and co-pilot of the Otter, fled in the Cessna to Georgetown. The damaged otter and the injured Ryan delegation members were left behind on the airstrip, just left for dead. Yeah, bleeding out. No cares. Yeah. All right. Now, moving on to the the mass.
1: All right, murder. so there's some time that transpires bet- right between this, yeah, because this is roughly um, happening in the uh, mid morning time. Um, so, an entire Morning, afternoon, and into evening passes between the shootings and Jones' um, final recording, which he he did he did a, a uh, sermon recording, whatever you want to call it. Every night, it got broadcast throughout the compound, and it was also recorded. Yeah, and in this recording, he talks about you know th- sealing the fate of of. Everyone there. Jones was never supposed to die, Mm-mm. but we'll get to that. Yeah.
0: A 44-minute cassette tape known as the Death Tape, which you can find on YouTube, yeah, um, records part of the meeting Jones called under the pavilion in the early evening. But before the meeting, helpers prepared a large metal tub with grape flavored uh, grape flavor aid poisoned with Valium, chloral hydrate, cyanide, and Phenergan. When the assembly gathered, referring... To the Ryan delegation's air travel back to Georgetown, Jones told the gathering, "One of those people on that plane is going to shoot the pilot. I know that. I didn't plan it, but I know it's going to happen. They're going to shoot at that pilot, um, and down comes the plane into the jungle. And we had better not have any of our children left over, or left when it's over, because they'll parachute in here on us."
1: Yeah. Um, also on that tape, which is very interesting. Um, I told you that uh, Dwyer accompanied Ryan to the airstrip. And then on the video, you can see Dwyer peeling off um, right before the shootings take place. Okay. Um, In his official statement, he said he did not return to Jonestown after that until he was called a day after the mass suicide to Go, you know, investigate it or whatever. He said he returned to the uh embassy that night, um, finished up some paperwork and then went home. Inter- interestingly enough, on those tapes, you hear Jones saying, Get Dwyer out of here, yeah, take Dwyer down to the east house, take yeah. get Dwyer out of here. He says it like seven times, I don't want Dwyer getting hurt, get Dwyer out. Of here. Dwyer was there,
0: yeah. He he was there. But the official story says he was not. He was not. Yeah.
1: Again, Dwyer is the US NBC representation who he's he's actually the field command the CIA field commander for that area. Yeah. (laughs) Why is the CIA there? Ah. Anyway. Anyway.
0: On the tape, Jones urged uh, Temple members to commit revolutionary suicide. According to Jonestown Defenders, its theory was you can go down in history saying you chose your own way to go, and it is your commitment to refuse capitalism um, in support of socialism. According to escaped Temple member Odell Rhodes, the first to take the poison were Roulette Paul and her one-year-old infant. A syringe without a needle fitted... Uh, without a needle fitted, was used to squirt poison into the infant's mouth, after which Paul squirted another syringe in her own mouth. Stanley Clayton also witnessed mothers with their babies first approach the tub containing the poison. Clayton said that Jones approached these people to encourage them to drink the poison and that after adults saw the poison take effect, they showed a reluctance to die. The poison caused death within five minutes. After consuming the poison, people were then escorted away down a wooden walkway leading outside the pavilion. It is not clear if some initially thought the exercise was another white night rehearsal. In response to reactions of seeing the poison take effect on others, Jones counseled, Die with a degree of dignity. Lay down your life with dignity. Don't lay down with tears and agony. He also said, I tell you, I don't care how many screams you hear. I don't care how many anguished cries Death is a million times preferable to ten more days of this life. If you knew what was ahead of you, if you knew what was ahead of you, you'd be glad to be stepping over tonight. And the death tape is very haunting. It is. And it's people are it because like like I just said, they didn't know if it was another rehearsal or not.
1: Right. So I want to paint a picture for you real quick. This is happening. People are lining up to, like you said, they don't know if it's another rehearsal. They're, they're starting to take this concoction. Um, so what starts to happen is people start fleeing into the jungle. People start running for their lives and they don't want any part of that. They don't want any part of this. The initial report of three to 400 people found were the people who were, were there um, either took part in this poisoning or were killed on site. Uh, the rest of the people fled into the jungle, and I'll get to that here in a minute. Yeah. But because they started seeing people actually dying, so they took off. And
0: that's got to be terrifying, too, and that's probably why... Is so haunting when you listen right. to that video is because before he was like, okay, you drank this, but you've got 45 minutes. Yeah. So, right. You know, they, do what you need to do. Right. But this is within five minutes. People just start dying. Just dropping like mm-hmm. flies. And you're just like, oh my God, this is happening. Um, Jones was found dead lying next to his chair between two other bodies, his head cushioned by a pillow. His death was caused by a gunshot wound to the his left temple that Guyanese chief medical examiner Leslie Mutu stated was consistent with it being self-inflicted.
1: Uh, Jones got was, on that. Jones was right-handed. Uh, uh, there's your first problem. There's your first problem. Why are you going to shoot yourself with your left hand if you're right-handed? Um, but no, uh, Jones was, was killed by Dwyer. Dwyer shot him in the head. He, yeah. Jones was never supposed to die. Yeah. What happened was... Um, uh, Leo Ryan got taken out great Dwyer goes and tells Jones we've got to end this and we've got to end it now we've got to we've got to do away with these people do away with the evidence do away with everything that was happening out here and then you and I were getting on a jet and you know we'll put you off somewhere safe everything's gonna be great there's a memo from Dwyer talking about the transport of Jones and um, and this is coming... No, it's a CIA memo from headquarters to Dwyer saying that there will be no transport of Jones. So basically saying Jones isn't going to make it out of there alive. We're not trans... So deal with it. Yeah. Um, so that's where this actual mass suicide comes into play or this perception of mass suicide is we got to kill all these people. Everyone's got to die. Jones, you're going to live... Um, when it started getting out of hand when people started running into the jungle, Dwyer just clipped him, just Man. put him out of his misery. jeez, his time of death, okay, so no official- autopsies were um conducted,
0: not even on jones okay well, so yeah well they said they said they conducted one on Jones
1: right so Jones had had an, an autopsy done no official autopsies were conducted on site there as they should have within 24 hours 48 hours there were autopsies that were conducted months afterwards. After the bodies had decayed and 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 gone through, you know, all of the decomposition and uh, decomposing, That's a good time to it's, do it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no evidence of anything. Um, um oh, I forgot what where I was going with that. Oh, Jones's um, jo- when Jones's body was found, it was in a further state of rigor mortis than ever, everyone else or then. Half, okay, so you have three sections, three uh, different groups of bodies that were found. Jones was his own group, okay? Okay. And then you have the first people who died, the first wave of people who died. Poisoned. Poisoned or, you know, injected with the poison. They either drank it or they are injected with it. They're on the compound. You have that group. And then you have another group that fled into the jungle. Jones's death is in between the first group and the last group. So he was shot after that first group started dying. But before the gr- the last group ran out into the jungle and before they were hunted down and killed. Wow. Yeah. Good Lord. Because it got out of hand. People were never supposed to run away. They started running away. Boom. Dwyer clips them. What would you say... Uh, go ahead a little bit further, and we'll then it up. I'll give you a treat.
0: <laughs> the bodies of over four hundred of those who died are buried in a mass grave in Evergreen Cemetery in Oakland, California. In 2011, a memorial to them was erected the, at the cemetery. Although Jones was used, uh, although Jones used poison Flavor Aid, the drink mix was commonly referred to as Kool Aid. This has led to the phrase. Drinking the Kool-Aid. There you go. Referring to a person or group holding an unquestioned belief, argument, or philosophy without criminal examination. Nope. Yep. So, while you, I, and we've used the phrase a lot, drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. It's really not Kool-Aid. It's flavored. Flavored. But, yeah, so that's where that comes from. If you've ever wondered about the origin
1: <laughs> of that, that's where that, it comes that's
0: from. That's what it is.
1: I got a little nugget for you.
0: Give me that nugget, the gold crispy nugget.
1: What would you say if I were to tell you that the CIA Action Force, which is basically a paramilitary group, um, mercenaries, it's former Navy SEALs, Marine Force Recon, Green Berets, if the CIA Action Force, the British Special Forces, and a platoon of Army Green Berets we're in Guyana Guyana conducting training exercises during this mass suicide it's always a training exercise right it is always a training it, isn't exercise that, isn't that isn't that oh weird my God. isn't that crazy yeah yeah so a group of pretty much um the number is unknown from the British military, but they know how much, how many uh, guys from the CIA and the army. So, roughly around 250 special forces personnel were in Guyana conducting a training exercise. Um, they were flown in that night, the night of the mass suicide, to conduct a training exercise. Um, so, the people who fled into the jungle. Estimation, anywhere from five to six hundred people fled into the jungle. Someone's got to hunt those people down, kill them, and drag them back. And that's exactly what happened. All around the site, there are drag marks. There are blood trails. There are um, uh, troop carrier Tracks, kind of like tank tracks or tractor tracks, but they're meant for moving troops all throughout the jungle. Um, There's bullet casings all over the place, Um, both uh, American standard issue uh, rounds and British um, all throughout the jungle. And and this is fact. This is not, you know, a tinfoil hack type deal here. These things exist, existed, happened. Um, so basically what happened was those people went off into the jungle, Dwyer, um, readied forces from the Pacific command and, you know, some other places. There were some Brits down the road that they, he borrowed some Brit special forces guys, assembled them, labeled it a training exercise, sent them out into the jungle to kill, to hunt down and kill these people. The first report of this Jonestown massacre um, came roughly three hours after the wave of manhunting went through the jungle. And strangely enough, it came from a radio there at Jonestown. It was broadcast on a CIA back channel frequency to the U.S. Embassy, reporting the death of all of the members of Jonestown. Oh my gosh! This is all factual. This oh. is this. Why did why does no one talk about it? This has happened. Oh. This happened. So, Dwyer of course, is on scene. Calls the U.S. Embassy to let everyone know everyone's dead here go ahead and start alerting the real authorities to start coming out because
0: we have dead people. Ugh.
1: But he he wasn't there until a day after.
0: <laughs> this should be talked about more.
1: There, are, there was one TV special that I believe... I can't remember. It was done probably seven or eight years ago. It was a TV special where... They went into Dwyer. They went into all of the, the investigative stuff that just just all the stuff that just doesn't add up and the stuff that does add up. Um, and this was before the release in 2017 of all these documents. So this was probably 2005 or so this TV special happened. And just all the inconsistencies and then all the consistencies. Here's my biggest question. My biggest question of everything why in the world is a CIA field commander, regional commander, on site with Jim Jones? Why? Had we not have this had this whole three million documents that got dumped overnight into the National Archives? Had we not have that and the nerds who are on the computers <laughs> Re- researching trying to find out about JFK or whoever yeah. had they not found this stuff we would never know it because yeah. no one talks about it nope no
0: one talks about but we're talking about it, it. uh oh we're on a we're on not just a national platform we got Inter- listeners we got national. listeners in Australia now international Australia yeah good day good day mate alright so to wrap up the cult series Let's take a look at the definition one more time, Brian. Yes. According to the cult definition, the official cult definition, it is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. Okay. Check. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister.
1: I mean, there are a lot there of there are a lot, lot of them, but compared to the mass population, yes.
0: And finally, they misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or a thing.
1: Definitely. I mean, if you're gonna practice suicide you know drills because a guy told you to, definitely. And you go and look up MK Ultra. Go yeah. and look up the stuff that has has come out about it. They they experimented on Americans. And not just the people in Jonestown. Warmwood 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 on Netflix. That's a, that's, that's, Netflix. a, that's, a def, that's a good one to watch. They they experimented on their own people. They experimented on. Um, man, Jones, Jim Jones had a he funded a uh, retirement community in California. Later, to be found that they were running clinical trials for, uh, MK Ultra out there, man. Oh, man. Of course they were. Of course they were. Just all this stuff that is fact that no one wants to talk about. You're not going to hear it on your 7 o'clock news. you got to go and find it. But it's there. It's real. I wish more people took interest in it because it kind of shows you um, this world that you think that you live in does not exist. You
0: can't trust anyone. No. I trust you. I trust you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. All right, so where are we at on time? Uh, we're at a minute, or uh, not a minute, an hour twelve.
1: Okay. Um, why don't we do a mini episode as yeah. a follow up to this? Because I want to talk about, and, I, and I'm afraid it's going to push us way over the limit. I want to talk about how this cult mindset uh, relates to everyday uh, religions, yeah. denominations, churches. Um, how, maybe not to the extreme that is happening here, but there is a sense of cult-like, um, following, there is a sense of cult-like, um, atmosphere that you may be experiencing as a listener of our show just by going to church on Sunday or just by watching videos or the TBN channel or things like that. There, there are certain aspects that happen in mainstream religion right now that you should, you should be aware of and you should look into and, and definitely do an assessment of your life and see, am I a part of something that has spiraled
0: out of control? You gotta stay woke. Woke woke. Woke woke. All right. Well, part six. Part six. We wrapped it up. We're done. we're done.
1: We're done. We're done.
0: We're done. Well uh what uh what you got for a music pick?
1: Oh, well I have something very apropos to what we're talking about. God and drugs. <laughs> That fits so well. <laughs> That's the name of the song. The band is The Classic Crime. I've I've uh, talked about The Classic Crime before. Great, great, great. Yep. I love The Classic, We've classic Crime. We played some Classic yeah. Crime. Anne Marie sure. turned me on to The Classic Crime. Thanks, so. Ann.
0: Thanks, Ann. How's your baby? Yeah. How's your heartburn?
1: It should be over. In the I'm going to get out. that
0: baby some pomade. That's a lot of hair. That's a lot of hair. Yeah. He,
1: well, could, he, he could run with us. He with, really could. In the hair category. sure can. He sure can.
0: All right, well, here you go. God and Drugs by the Classic Crumb. I didn't want to cut it off right i just it. wanted you wanted to let it go <laughs> as you should they remind me so much of emory i think yeah. that's why i'm kind of getting turned yeah. on to the classic crime a lot more no oh. yeah. good for you yeah uh so my pick for this week i love your pick man. i do too it's so good weezer
1: what they're back
0: with a new album T-M-I- a cover album
1: to destroy
0: What <laughs> I, I love them. I didn't realize how old they were either. Oh. It's like 94 or something yeah. like that when it first came out. Uh, this is off the Teal album. I think they're like 50. Yeah, they gotta be. Yeah. Gotta be. Uh, but they did a slew of covers yeah. um, and released a cover album that is crazy good called the Teal album. And the song that I picked from that one is Mr. Blue Sky because it Sky. makes me so happy.
1: Yeah, and it reminds me of Groot. Yeah, I just love it.
0: <laughs> I love Groot. I love Groot. So here's Mr. Blue Sky by uh, originally done by Electric Light Orchestra. Yes, and Brian. I didn't know if you were gonna pull that one yeah, out. Dude. Okay, ELO. Great. Okay, Allie loves ELO. No wonder. She, makes sense. She loves ELO. Of I got she her. Does. I got her the greatest, uh, greatest album or greatest hits of ELO on vinyl. So, babe, this one's for you. Tell us why you
1: had to hide away for the soul. So, where
0: Mr. Blue Sky, tell us why you had to hide away for the soul. That's my wife that he's talking about. With yeah. the pretty
1: face.
0: Yeah. The falsetto harmonies in that are crazy for a four piece band. It's crazy. The dynamics are unbelievable. Love it. But you know what else they got on that album? What? I play it. It's gonna make you so happy. (laughs) What Ah!
1: (laughs) playing on the loop. Yeah. Suck it, Toto. <laughs> I like I'm, that version.
0: I'm wondering. Oh yeah, it's like all over the radio a few months ago.
1: It, it's 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 not as good as the kid who did the. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, the uh, what's that thing called? Oh, that whatever, whatever, whatever that app, app is, is. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's the greatest version
1: ever. <laughs> Reliant K has a
0: great cover of that too. So what I'm wondering is if. The Africa that's playing on repeat in Africa. What version is? Yeah, or is it just all of them? All of them. That yeah. would be awesome. I just hope it's not the Pitbull.
1: Yeah, Phil Collins did a cover
0: of it too. Did
1: he really? Yeah. It's not oh, good. it's not good. It oh, not, I, I have a hard time believing that. It is not good. Phil very, Collins is the man. Very electric. Very. Ah, yeah. uh, gosh, like. I like studio instrumental. Was it stuff. like
0: during the G- the days of Genesis or no?
1: This was well, yeah, towards the, probably the end of okay. Genesis. Yeah, man, not good.
0: That's sad. Not good. Yeah, that reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I see Groot. Hey, like so shooting.
1: Volume Three. Yeah. Is that going to be the name of it, The New Guardians? I'm assuming, I'm yeah. assuming Volume Three. Yeah. So Drax isn't going to be in it, but everyone else is. <sighs>
0: so, How are they going to do that? Yeah. Well, so when James Gunn, I know, got yeah, fired from directing, Jerks. Dave Patista, who plays Drax was like, "I'm not doing it unless James Gunn does it." Right. So when they so, said he's not going to, I guess he backed out.
1: But I saw that they're using James's James Gunn's script. Yeah. They're going to use his script. He's just not directing it. So, uh, I do Is he going to... Did He He disappeared in the snap. Yeah. What is it called?
0: What's the official? The snap? No, there's an official. Oh, is there another name? Yeah, there's
1: an official name for
0: it. Oh, I thought it was just called the snap.
1: The undoing. Un, the un... Whatever. Yeah. So he disappeared.
0: Maybe so they'll maybe, just keep him maybe, dead.
1: Maybe they'll just keep him dead.
0: Yeah. Or maybe he's doing his invisibility trick. <laughs> which, worked, people don't, <laughs> which worked very well. It worked well. so well for him and until he was eating to, chips. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also uh, in recent church news regarding Guardians of the Galaxy star Chris Pratt.
1: The Decimation.
0: The Decimation, yep, that's what it's called. Um, But Chris Pratt, have you heard about what's going on with Chris Pratt? No, what happened? So Ellen Page, who plays Kitty Pryde in the X-Men movies, called out Chris Pratt or tried to call out Chris Pratt. Let me correct.
1: For marrying a Schwarzenegger? Is that what he did? Yeah, he married Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger's daughter. I did not know that. That yeah. is news to me. So, somehow, he's a Kennedy. What? Yeah. Chris Pratt is a Kennedy? Now he is if he marries oh. a Schwarzenegger.
0: <sighs> Hold on. There's a lot of... Some lot Maria, of allergy Maria
1: Maria Shriver who was Arnold's wife. Yes. Maria Shriver is a okay. Kennedy.
0: I'm drawing a bracket right now.
1: Yeah. So Maria Shriver okay. is a Kennedy. Yes. So therefore Maria Shriver I, I I I'm I swear I'm saying her name right. Um her being a Kennedy gave birth to now Chris Pratt's wife. Okay. Who would also be a Kennedy. So right. now Chris Pratt
0: wow. is a Kennedy. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's not what I was talking about. But oh, okay. Ellen Page, uh, Chris Pratt was recently on Stephen Colbert's show. And they kind of talked about Chris Pratt's uh, faith and religious views and things like that. Uh, Ellen Page retweeted the article that uh, Stephen Colbert's show posted about Chris Pratt. And made the comment about, okay, but let's let's talk about the fact that he attends a church that is openly uh, anti-LGBTQ. Where's he go? Hillsong. He goes to Hillsong, New York, I believe, is where he attends huh. church. So, I... Well, it, no, no, no. So...
1: Um Brian Houston a few years ago came out with something that said we hold true to the biblical value uh, and teachings at, uh we don't put homosexual people who practice homosexuality lifestyle whatever he said into positions of leadership um, but they're welcome at our church. They're, they're welcome at our church, you know, homosexual, whatever, LBGTQ yeah. people are welcome at our church. Um, I, I don't think they're anti. No,
0: they're not. It's an open door. And that's what Chris Pratt said is he was like, look, I, I, I attend a church that is open to all people and is like arms wide open. Like, Scott Stapping on everybody. Right. It's like... It's like... <laughs> you went there. Yeah, I went there. He, they are Scott Stapping on everybody. Um, he's like, and, and you know what? Their views on divorce are, um, right. you know, very traditional. Yeah. Yet, I, I recently got a divorce, a, a divorce right. and have been accepted by the entire community, so... Yeah, I wouldn't
1: call them anti. I I would definitely. Brian Houston came out with a statement saying they hold the traditional, and I think it was more geared towards marriage. Um, I definitely need to go back and read what he wrote because I don't remember um, off the cuff. But Carl Lentz, who is the pastor of Hillsong, New York, Brian Houston I b- I believe that is the is, global pastor of Hillsong. Is
0: that the only Hillsong campus no. in the U.S.? No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, no. so it may not be the New York one. Uh, there's a Hillsong it's, California. It's okay. Well, maybe California then. Yeah. But it's a Hillsong church.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, they they have they don't have people in leadership, meaning they don't have pastors who are. I always get it wrong. LGBT, is that right? L,
0: yes. Yeah. L- LGBTQ.
1: LGBTQ. They don't have people who belong um, to that in positions of leadership, but they, they have people who volunteer. They have people yeah. who sing, who play on the band, yeah. who p- worship, play on, not Hillsong band, but local, that at the local church yeah. level. Um, people who work with kids. Yeah. People who clean. People who pass out flyers, greeters. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't consider them
0: anti. Not at all. And listen, if you think that Hillsong is anti, you don't come anywhere near South Carolina. No. Good Lord, no. Yeah. So Ellen Page tried to call out Chris Pratt. She is she gay? No, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't think so. But But she she felt it upon herself to to stand up for the community. Okay. Um,
1: well, if the community don't have a problem with them,
0: yeah, uh, and why I don't would think, you? I don't think they do. I don't think they've. A ever lot of had... people love Chris Pratt. Yeah, even after his acceptance speech at one of those award shows, where he thanked God several times. Yeah,
1: I know so. he just did the Daniel fast.
0: Yeah. So, okay, cool, dude. You you can't call out Chris Pratt. You tried.
1: I don't think you can. Yeah. Yep. So it blew mad. up in her face. Oh yeah. Okay. A
0: lot of people are like, uh, I don't think that's right. Yeah and uh, you're just mad that you're in the x-men movies and not in the marvel cinematic right. universe
1: and you probably sealed your fate forever being in them wow
0: yeah good luck <laughs> don't Kitty Pryde. don't
1: yeah don't don't beef with a megastar no. marvel no. if you ever <laughs> Ooh, want star wars getting getting into that
0: yeah arena yeah Anyway. Anyway. All right. Thank you, guys. That was that was lengthy, but we made it. We made it. Thanks for six parts of the Colts. Suffering through Blake's
1: I congestion, all the, drainage, all or whatever episode. he
0: has. Several instances where I had to back away from the microphone because snot was just dripping out of my face. It was fun to watch. I bet it was. It was fun to watch. There was a cat. Yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah, we're at one push, point in we're time. pushing cats out the way. It's They're crazy. stepping on videos. There's videos playing. <laughs> no, videos playing. I'm glad audio's down. I was like, wait, no.
1: I can't wait until we do the video stuff. Oh, to that's me. gonna be great. All right, so um, look for our little mini-sode. mini-sode. Yeah, we'll um, try to do that soon. We'll try to keep it about 20 minutes or so.
0: Right. Yep. All right. Go follow us on the Instagram. We're on Facebook send us an email actually don't send us an email because I tried to log into it the other day I have forgotten the password so if you need to get in touch with us send us a Facebook message or text us or something like that Um, you know find us on all the platforms that we're available on isn't the password big booty white girls Uh, (laughs) if it is I probably needed maybe something that's just not capitalized in there yeah All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. We'll see you next week as we do not continue our cult series. Yes. We'll talk about something else. Be Finally. Na- be nice <laughs> to one another. Bye. I
1: don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging up the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Trying to holler at me. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no Passenger side of this best friend's ride,
0: trying to holler at scroll checking me, but his game is kinda